All right, time for a new series. This is a digital philosophy series, which, as you can imagine, is going to be one of my favorites. Uh, having grown up in an era without personal computers and mobile devices, I got to live in a time when my friends and I were just happy, healthy kids, like living the kid life in the 60s and 70s way back then. Trust me, TV even sucked back then. There was really no reason to spend hours and hours and hours interacting with the television, uh, especially a black and white Sylvania that your dad made you get up and down and change the channels on. Right now, I did listen to the Cleveland Cavaliers games on my radio in bed at night, and I do remember that 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 was uh, such an exciting thing to have that radio up by my ear and listen to the Cavaliers games. Just seemed so exciting as a kid. Like that was the most technology I was integrated with. We didn't have microwaves. You know, we didn't have you know anything like what we have today. Now, as we integrate more and more technology into our careers and lives now, I keep checking in with myself about the impact of technology on my well-being. You know, I'm lucky enough to have lived in a completely different era than what we have today. Not that it's a bad thing if you were uh, somebody that was only born 20 years ago and it's all you've ever known. It's just an interesting perspective uh, when you've been able to see both sides, right? A world without uh, high technology integration and a world with growing technology integration. Now, I have the ability to love technology, and I do. And I still have the ability to step back and wonder about a world without any of it. I think about what if we sat here today, right, in in the uh, 21st century, and we didn't have any? What if it was never invented? I mean, would I be happier? Would you be happier? Would I have more of a sense of self? Would I have less complexity in life? It's an interesting philosophical question. Now, this series on digital philosophy, philosophy is based on the premise that science does not answer every question for us. And that's a debate for a different time with those who love scientism with almost a religious fervor, and they argue that science is going to be able to prove everything at some point. Yet I believe there are some questions about humanity that might evade scientific reasoning for a long time, if not forever. I mean, so let's set that debate aside right now, right? Science, you know, versus humanity and philosophy. Uh, and let's just make an assumption that there are many interesting questions about humanity and technology that we need to discuss now that it might take science years and years to weigh in on. Where all we have right now is our instincts, our observations as humans, but we can make Make those observations, uh, and we can act on those, and that that could be something that could be uh, very healthy for all of us. Now, we're going to explore the intersection of technology and philosophy, and this could end up being the most important series that I've done so far, and I'm going to do my best to do it justice. Now, your part is to listen to these questions and these ideas and give them deep thought to see if they change your worldview so that you can then pass this along like an intellectual virus. By the way, we could use more viral intelligence right now, it seems to me. So please listen carefully. I'm going to give you a lot of ideas. And like I said, at times, you know, I may ask questions uh, that are just really geared to make you think. Because when we answer important questions, as Socrates would say, you know, one of the first really well-known philosophers, it is in answering the questions that we make very uh, important observations about life. And then hopefully we can take those into our actions. So let's start this series with uh, a fairly important question for all of us, and that'll be our 30th podcast, Finding Happiness and Meaning in a Digital World. Now, 
I would argue that this is philosophical. You know, can science tell us that that we have more or less happiness now than we did 30 years ago, or or that we have a better sense of meaning now than we did 30 years ago? Now, I I think that's a real problem because science doesn't really have a way to measure happiness or meaning. These are human states of being that differ so much from person to person. We really can't lock in on how the digital world is moving the needle on these two things precisely. Not only is it very personal to each of us, uh, there's a bigger problem, and that is that we don't really have any good way to compare what the world is like today versus what the world was like 30 years ago. Uh, Everything being so relative, it's just, like I said, this is much more the realm of uh, philosophical conversation about happiness and meaning in a digital world than is scientific. Now, if you were younger, as I said, you've never experienced anything but the digital transformation. I mean, the digital transformation's going on, been going on for 23, 25 years. Uh, but if you're older like me, um, you know, it, it, we saw a part of the world when we really didn't have all this. And I'll mention this right off, by the way, when I pull audiences who are around my age and I ask them, Hey, were you happier when you were younger? The vast majority of them say yes like awfully quickly. They don't even think about it. And again, it's a little difficult to pull a scientific conclusion from this because I think a lot of times if we just ask younger people who are already adulting, if you were happier when you were younger, they would say yes also, and they were in a technology world. Uh, But it is an interesting data point that people who are older are extremely quick to say they're much happier uh, when they were younger than they are today. I actually find that all to be a bit pointless to look at decades into the past and try to see it as a baseline on happiness or meaning. I question whether the world was really a better place at any time before today. And that's based more on facts, you know, than it is just on my feeling. We have an awful lot of facts that the there are many things in the world that are better today than they've ever been in history. But it is interesting how people can be very nostalgic about the past, hence believe that it was a place where they were happier. I mean, we have an amazing ability to block out pain and darkness and then to hold on to the goodness in many cases. It's a human character characteristic that really makes sense. But when you play that out, what that means is, hey, we always are going to think, wow, there's so much darkness and you know, so much pain right now because we're feeling it, right? whereas we can't remember it as clearly from 20, 30, 40 years ago as we can today. Now, life decades ago uh, might seem to us like it was better. It was sort of simpler back then. I will have to admit that. Uh, much less complicated, many less choices, many less variables, right? many less opportunities for technology to to not break or not allow us to have a password that we can get in or the battery dies or the myriad of problems, right, that technology now brings us. It was also safer back then, safer for kids running around in the neighborhood. Uh, We somehow, somewhere along the line, we just got to be less safe uh, over the years, or at least our perception is we're less safe. Uh, However, we were also a lot more ignorant uh, if you go back 30, 40 years. We were less worldly. We didn't know nearly as much about what was going on in the rest of the world. We were less connected to the people around us, or let's say we were at least less connected to as many people around us. We had much less convenience. We had poor health care. We were much more biased, and we were living in a much less diverse society, which, again, I all just point out the issues with saying, oh yeah, everything was better when we were younger. No, I don't think everything was better when we were younger. Now, people today, you know, they're, they're deeply connected to or through the internet. It's not actually the mobile devices 
messages. You know, when people say, oh, they're addicted to your phone, it, it isn't addicted to your phone or addicted to your mobile device or addicted to the laptop. It's not even addicted to the gaming device, right? It isn't that you're addicted to the device. It's that you're addicted to what the device gives you, right? It's a gateway to entertainment. It's a gateway to connection, to communication, right? It's a gateway to being highly efficient in our careers, right? It's a gateway. And so I just you know, want to point out that, yes, we, we are heavily connected to what the internet gives us today, uh, likely becoming more so, uh, although there are more and more people now that are trying to find some type of balance. Look, the, the internet gives us unbelievable power. It, it gives us applications that can do a myriad of things that would have seemed impossible or magical 30, 40 years ago. So if we're going to say well, we're addicted to something, right, it's just addicted to what the internet means to us, not specifically the devices. And that's an important distinction because especially if you look at young people and, you know, oftentimes older people will uh, deride younger people and say, well, you know, he, she, you know, addicted to their phone, they can't put it down. And of course, it isn't the phone, right? What they're addicted to is whatever it is they're getting on the other side of it. That's what they're addicted to, right? So let's start there. Let's kick around what's actually happened as we have injected a huge dose of digital transformation into our veins over the last 25 years. I mean, we have more power now than people back then could even have imagined. I mean, even even 25 years ago, uh, we are becoming increasingly integrated with the digital mesh of data, software, and devices. In other words, we live inside of this digital mesh. Now, some of us have more or less devices, more or less applications, right? But we all live inside of this mesh. Just some of us accessing the mesh in more deep ways than others. I mean, digital is now becoming a part of us. I mean, as much a part of us as our hands, our feet, our eyes, our ears, right? Digital is almost like a sixth sense to us. It brings us power. It brings us capabilities, connections, knowledge. Right? A vast majority of people I ask have no interest in going backwards from this. I mean, they, they crave more power. They can't wait to see what's coming next. They can't wait for all the things that have been announced and not delivered yet. They can't wait to see, hey, what's the end game with something like AI and how far is it really going to go and being able to augment us. Just keep in mind the digital mesh that we live in that we are becoming more and more connected to and that that is becoming more and more a part of us. And as unnatural as that sounds, especially sometimes to older people, that is the reality. And I don't know that right now we can say that that's necessarily good or bad. Uh, I'll get to that here in a few minutes, right? But to what end, like to, to what end are we connecting to this mesh of data, software, and devices and making it such a part of us? I mean, will we be powerful but riven with mental health issues? The trends aren't looking that good, are they? I mean, can we be powerful and happier than we've ever been? Have more ability to find meaning in the world and not just knowledge. I mean, I want you to make this personal to you. Like, it, Don't just listen to this intellectually. I want you to just fly up to 30,000 feet and look down at your life as if it is your first proof point. I really want you to go consider what does technology mean to you? What does it mean to your life? What would life be like without it? Would it really be better? Would it be worse? How might it be better? How might it be worse? Uh, is part of it just how you're using it? If you learned more, could it be even better if you had more and you spent an unlimited amount of money 
on technology? Would it be better? Look at it and ask yourself these questions about, and what does it give me or what does it cost me to be attached to this digital mesh that the transformation is building for us? I mean, how is it that we live in a world of growing quality of life and convenience and we do on just about every measurement, right? Our quality of life going up. Convenience is clearly going up. Yet, we have more mental health issues than we've ever had before. How can we have such access to knowledge and power and be sad and struggling for meaning? I mean, is it the digital transformation that's causing this? Or is this just a, a correlation, right? That really has nothing to do with how we feel. How we feel is driven by many other things that are going on in the world right now. Technology just happens to be growing at the same time that that in some cases, our discomfort, our, our stress, our depression is growing. Uh, and again, not with everyone, but just with too many or more than I think any of us would like. I mean, are there other catalysts going on in the world that really have nothing to do with technology? Sure, there is. I mean, I'm not sure the, the political world, uh, in the United States at least, has that much to do with technology. I think even without technology, we might be in the same place. Uh, the economy uh, would the economy be doing the same thing as far as jobs or the pressure to work more and more? Uh, would society still look at things the same? Right? It's very possible. Uh, again, this is where it's very difficult to say uh, science could answer all these questions. We just have to make philosophical postulations right, about what the answers to these questions might be. Again, that's why I think it's so important for you when you leave this podcast to really step back and jot down a few questions right, and ask yourself and see if you can answer these for yourself. All right, let's get on to happiness and meaning specifically. Right? The concepts of happiness and meaning are both fuzzy uh, and you know how I feel about words, right? Words are just symbols that only have the meaning that we give them. And that is often very different from person to person. One person's happy is another person's joyful, is another person's, well, nothing's going bad, is another person's, I don't even know what that means, right? I asked my mom one day, hey, what makes you happiest? She thought about it and she said, I'm never really happy. I don't know what makes me happy. Now, either that's very insightful or her meaning for happy is very very different than mine, or maybe she doesn't have a great meaning for happy because I feel happy most of my life. But I found it an interesting experience when I say, again, these words are fuzzy and they're just symbols and we have to give them meaning. For her, she struggled even trying to give meaning to the word happy and eventually just told me she doesn't believe she's ever happy. So, you know, when I, when I ask her on the other side, if your life has meaning, she says yes, but she wishes it had more because she's older and she lives separated from the world world in a retirement center. Uh, and so she wished she had more meaning on the world, but she does believe that she does have some meaning, which gives her some peace. She takes comfort right, in the fact that in her life, she does have some meaning, if not happiness. These words are fuzzy. And once again, you know, for us to even go on and for you to even be able to try to think through, you know, all right, digital transformation, and then my happiness and meaning, and how are these things tied together? You have to be able to answer for yourself, what is happiness? happiness or joy and what is the meaning of your life. I mean, happy is a state of mind, right? And, and it, it is 
so variable as to prove my point about why science struggles to answer questions like, are we happier than now than before? Because I don't think science could even come up with a viable meaning for what really is happy in a consistent way. Although I've listened to happiness podcasts and uh, they do try to have meaning around that word uh, and they try to be a little bit scientific about it. Uh, I just really debate how scientific we actually can be. So when we things talk about things like meaning, right, the problem with meaning is there's so much variability, like meaning to who? You know, does my life have meaning to me? Does my life have meaning to my family, to my friends, to, to the larger community, to the world, right? And measured in what way? I mean, I was taught long ago that happiness and meaning are a choice that we make, that that I have to choose to be happy and I have to choose to search for meaning, right? The meaning of my existence. So let's just agree for our purposes that, you know, I'm going to use a, a, a definition that's reasonably close to what the general population might vote for, right? Holding that, holding those meanings in your mind, right? We absolutely should wrestle uh, to discover, right? As the digital transformation happens, what will be that impact on our happiness? And will we be able to more easily find meaning in this world or not. Now, I've been doing the math on this since I wrote the book, Did God Create the Internet? Uh, This was one of the main themes throughout that book. Is the world going to be a better or worse place to be a human being due to the digital transformation? Uh, I suspect the rest of my life I will be trying to do the math on this question. Is what is the impact of the digital transformation on humanity? And it will be uh, it will be massive as we all know. I don't think anybody would say, oh, it's not going to impact us very much. You know, what I'm trying to understand is in the middle of the tornado, what is it doing to us and how should we be reacting to that? Now, don't think this is a cop-out. When I say that I think the answer is tied pretty closely to how each of us uses technology as a tool. At the end of the day, I mean, that that, that is all technology is, right? It's a very powerful toolbox of capabilities that we all get to use as we desire. In other words, we get to connect to that mesh I talked about as much or as little as we desire and in whatever way we can or choose to attach to that mesh. But like all tools, right, they, they they can help amplify what we do as humans or they can hurt us, hurt us both physically and emotionally if they're misused, right? Let's use a metaphor. A hammer is absolutely much better for driving a nail than your hand. The hammer can also smash a finger or kill somebody when mishandled. And this is very much like social media. Social media can help me make sure I, I stay in touch with hundreds of people around me in a way I have never been able to do before. It can allow me to read things and get knowledge that I never have before, right? If used in a healthy way, social media, very interesting tool, right? Has a lot of benefits. If used inappropriately, social media is like the hammer pounding yourself in the hand. The only difference is with a hammer, when you pound yourself in the hand, it hurts and you feel it and you and hopefully you'd stop. Many people with social media, they're metaphorically pounding themselves with a hammer for hours hours a day and they don't realize it. And that would probably be the big difference maybe in my analogy, right? But I'll, I'll keep that analogy around. Hammer is a tool. All the digital tools that we have are, are, again, just a giant tool set. Now, our digital tools have the capacity to help us be happier and find meaning, okay? I absolutely believe that, right? 
Digital tools have the capacity to help us be happier and to find meaning more easily, just as a hammer has the capacity to drive a nail. Now, if you ever have driven a lot of nails with a hammer, it doesn't always work perfectly. Sometimes you put a nail in, you go to hit it, and the nail bends, right? It's not a perfect science, right? But when you get good at it, when you get skilled at it, right, when you make sure you don't hit your hand with the hammer, then it's an amazing tool to be able to drive nails. Digital tools have obviously way more power than that, right? They, they can connect us to each other in fantastic new ways. They can connect us to entertainment in fantastic ways. Uh, they can help us arrange for fun. Like go online, search for the things that we enjoy, set up appointments or make travel plans, right? Amazing how the internet can help us arrange for fun, whatever that means to us, right? If you want fun, the internet has it on tap. It makes it very easy for us to go get whatever seems fun to us. However, you know, if we misuse the power of the web to work all the time and become workaholics and not have any line between work and fun, if we overconnect with people or feed our brains with the wrong people or a stream of dark information, right, we'll be doing the analogy of hitting our hand with the hammer. It's really that simple. It's just that technology is a lot more complicated than a hammer. It's a lot more pervasive and invasive right, into our world. A hammer, it's right in front of you. You swing it, it hits the nail, it either drives a nail, bends a nail, maybe it hits your hand, hits your thumb, right? It's pretty uncomplicated. Whereas technology is around us all the time in a, in a hundred different ways right now and, and getting more robust in how it's in our lives. And so I think we don't always look at it as, hey, it's a tool that I can choose to use or to not use. But the reality is, as I said, I think technology has the capacity to make us happier and more joyful for sure if we use it in the right way. Again, stepping back to 30,000 feet, love for you to consider how often do I use technology through the day, right? And in the ways that I use technology, is it a blessing to me? Is it amplifying my life in positive ways or is it not? And I think this is a seminal question that most people are not stepping back and asking themselves today and we need to. All right, let's go on to meaning. Let's talk about meaning for a minute. Now, when I say finding meaning, it's one of the four big existential questions. Those four being origin, where do I come from, destiny, what am I meant to do or be, morality, right? how do I make healthy decisions, and then the fourth, meaning, why am I here, what am I meant to do, why am I here, right, all right, well, why are you here, by the way, I mean, what, what, what is your meaning in this world, I mean, what, what does your life mean to the world, will you leave it a better place, I mean, what do you want to impact on those around you, I mean, what, what do you want to impact the, your community, whatever that community is? I mean, what, what meaning would light you up if you were to go ahead and say, okay, well, here's the perfect meaning for my life. I mean, what, what is that? And, and are you living it? And would that inspire you for the rest of your life? Make you excited to get up every single day? Why am I here? The meaning. Now, for me personally, uh, I have for a long time said to myself that, I want to leave the world a better place. I mean, I have said that since I was a kid. I'm not sure why, but somewhere along the line as a kid, something popped into my head of, okay, well, as long as I'm going to be here and I have no idea how long that is, let's make sure that when I leave, I somehow have made the world a little bit better place. Like, I love that analogy of, again, you throw the rock into the ocean, the ocean goes up. Now, you may not be able to see that the ocean goes up because it's such a tiny amount, but there is a reality, a fact that if you throw a rock into the ocean, the 
water level rises. Well, that's what it is for me about meaning, right? I want to leave the world a better place and then I can bring it down to, and I want to have a big impact on the people that are in my immediate sphere, my family, my friends, the people I work with, right? That's a, that's a big piece of the, why am I here? I'm here to be a blessing to them. I'm here to try to be a light to anything that I touch, right? That's the meaning for me. Now, your meaning doesn't need to be the same meaning as mine. I'm just sharing with you what mine is. That's how I can answer the question of why am I here? Now, one of the more powerful aspects of the digital world that we have right now is the ability to search for specific answers to any questions. You can ask, hey, what is the meaning of life? You you can literally type into a search engine, uh, you know, how can I find the meaning in life? You can ask any question like that and you're going to get an answer. And the answers that you get will be some combination of things that are that are fantastic and some things that are just wrong. But never before in history have you had such an ability to type in any question like that and to get an answer. You couldn't do this pre-1990s. You had to just talk to people around you and say, hey, what's your meaning in life? Uh, you know, what, what do you think my meaning in life should be? But today you can create a river of information on that topic into your mind and you can you can masticate on that for years if you need to, to be able to try to find the meaning in life. You can watch YouTube videos, you can uh, you can listen to blogs, you can listen to podcasts, and if you are searching, if you are searching for a meaning in life, the internet can help you find it. Now, you can find it in other ways. It isn't that you can't find it going to church or talking to your friends. You can. We did that for millennia. My point is just, we have more tools today than we've ever had to be able to help somebody who's on a journey of answering that question, why am I here? I mean, if you're, if you're willing to ask this kind of question of yourself, there are lots of people willing to help you, right? Uh, like I said, and, and you will find in all kinds of different media and from all different angles, people have different ideas for trying to help you. You will have to sort through it, but you will have a place to start. And then you'll have to synthesize all that information and lock in on your answer. But that's much like the hammer hitting the nails, trying not to bend them. You know, the hammer's got to hit straight and true. And if you do that, you can drive a nail without bending it. And I find the same thing with looking for information on the internet. Uh, it gives you a powerful place to go look at answers or, or recommendations from thousands of different people that you can sort through to find an answer. And I find that a lot better than trying to answer this question completely on your own with no resources, uh, also known as trying to drive a nail with your hand. It's much easier with a hammer, okay? So even something as existential as meaning, right? Or go back to the other three, my origin, where do I come from, my destiny, what am I meant to do or be, my morality, how do I make healthy decisions, right? As you really want to solve these big existential questions, the internet can be quite helpful. All right. So given where we are today and where we'll be tomorrow versus three decades ago or earlier, I'd like our chances today to be happier and I like our chances to be able to find meaning that is right for us. I mean, sure, the world is is distracting now. Right? It's complex. It's complicated. It's, it's frustratingly so on some days. I mean, the the world is also giving us, though, these amazing capabilities that can extend who we are and who we can be, what we can go do, right? So when we say we're in the middle of a digital transformation, I cannot help but think about the fact that we will be on the other side of it someday. I mean, think about that for a second. I mean, when we say digital transformation, we are transforming. And at some point, that transformation will be substantially done. We will be transformed. Does it ever completely end? I don't know. It probably has an awful long tail. But I want you to think about that for a second, right? It's interesting to me just giving some thought on, well, what will we look like on the other side of the digital 
transformation because we will get there. Maybe it's another 25 years into the future, but there will be a point where, okay, we've substantially transformed. We're now in the long tail. Will we be happier then? Will we have more meaning then than we are today? Right? Where we've completely transformed, when we've gotten a, a much bigger tool set and learned how to use it. Now, I'm an optimist and I truly believe that we will learn to harness all that digital power. We've got more coming. And, and I, I really believe, I trust in our ability uh, to be able to access what we can invent, improve it, uh, knock off the rough edges and end up using it to amplify who we are. I mean, I believe that we will learn to balance technology with our humanness, that we will, unlike today possibly, where we might be overreaching and overattaching to the mesh, we'll find more of a balance between when we're attached to the digital mesh and when we are just being completely human with other people. I mean, I believe that we will search for answers for happiness from now on, and I believe we will find more of those answers when we look forward into the future. I believe we will continue to search for meaning just as we have for thousands of years, but I believe that we will have more tools to help find it and we'll get closer to finding it every day from now on. Now, I also accept, as you know, even though I'm an optimist, that technology has its foibles, its complexity, and its darkness, and that will always be with us. But I also trust that we will overcome much of it because that is what we do as human beings. We learn to use human tools or learn to use tools to advance ourselves. We learn to use tools to solve problems. Uh, maybe the digital transformation has caused us to stumble a bit as we're right in the middle of it right now, especially on topics like happiness and meaning as we are very distracted with all the new capabilities. But I don't believe this is permanent, and I'm not even really sure we've stumbled that much at this point. We are great at finding faults in ourselves. And in the in the internet now amplifies that discussion and exhibits the faults that we have. Like we make big mistakes, right? As human beings, as society, as communities, we make big mistakes and then we overcome. You know, we adapt, we learn, we grow. We always have. And if you really know anything about history, if you really go back and study history, and history has always been my favorite topic, even though people think of me as a futurist, right? History has always been my favorite topic to study. And if you know anything about history, you know our lives are better now on just about any measurement of humanity than at any time in the past. Right? That's, that's what history can show us. History shows that we adapt, we learn, we grow, we make mistakes, we overcome. Hey, optimism is a choice. Digital optimism is a choice, just as happiness and meaning. Those are a choice. We can choose what the meaning in our life is, and we can choose to be happy. There's not a specific science dedicated are making choices and how we do that. Digital can amplify our life or it can degrade it. You get that choice. Right? I have a strong feeling more of you will choose the upward option. Yes, you will make mistakes. I make mistakes. It is the way we are as humans. But I believe that more of us will choose the upward enlightened options. Now it's in your hands to decide, you know, what you want your choices to be, right? We have a growing digital mesh that we are attaching to. It is our choice what that means to us, how we use it, and can we integrate that into our lives and still be happier, healthier, I mean, mentally and emotionally, can we find the meaning and solve these big existential questions? Yes, we can. I absolutely believe in us. I believe in you. It will take you stepping back and really thinking about this. 
And that's what we'll be doing over the next hmm, four or so podcasts. We're going to be looking at four other philosophical questions about digital, and I'm excited to get to those. So I hope you will, like I said, go up to 30,000 feet and consider some of what I talked about today. And I hope you have a great Humology Day. Thank you for listening and giving these ideas a chance. Let this be a two-way conversation and connect with me on Twitter at sklasowski or on LinkedIn. I also write a blog that you can find at scottklosowski.com. An added bonus is a library of thought-leading graphics you can download from the site. One more thing, please take a moment and rate this podcast on whatever platform you use. Ideas are powerful change agents, and positive reviews will help spread the digital optimism.